What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the PlayStation Drive here on Carpool Gaming. This is episode 117, and I'm your host, Matt. I'm joined, as always, by the Supreme Court of Canada himself, Mr. Court Lalonde. What's up, Court? Hey, buddy. It's, How you it's doing? like I almost saw you the other day. In it's the like flesh. I almost did see you. In the flesh. Yeah, we there definitely was, did see each other. It was great. We were together. There was flesh involved. There was touching. Yes, there, there was, was hugging. hugging. There was, there was words. Hugging. There was yeah. words. There was hugging. We, and we saw Ryan. And we saw Ryan. In the wild. Yeah. In the wild. V- even during his vacation time. But he was still out in the wild hanging out with us. Uh, shout out to Nagachaka. We got to see him as well, along with a bunch of yes. other industry friends at Fan Expo on nope, Friday. No one else. Not Steve. Steve Avari was. We didn't see him. We didn't see him. I saw him. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even. No, I saw. He was there. I saw Steve. No, I saw oh. Steve. I hung, we hung out a lot. I don't know what's wrong with you. Did, didn't even notice he was there. <laughs> and on today's episode, we're joined again for the second time this month. The homie, the immortal of Avium himself, Mr. Mattis. What's up, dude? Firstly, you didn't mention that you saw the carpool gaming teddy bear because that's what I saw. So the carpool oh, gaming Bobby. teddy bear was out and about. Yeah, he was out. He was enjoying his life. So. Shout out to him. Secondly, court. We are in the same room. We are not the same person. <laughs> I know some people was getting confused and they thought it was a Greg Miller and shirtless Spider-Man and thought we may have been the same person, but we're not because we are in <laughs> the room at the same time. What is happening? I know I'm the- loving this. Yes, this is the first time I've ever, besides being on your show, um, in the same room at the same time with you. Cause usually here in Canada, or you know what? I was going to say a joke that Matt won't even get. Cause there's a show, um, Pokeroo, Pokeroo. I know Pokeroo. Oh, okay. So Matt actually knows something I was like from the two 80s. when Look that game, when that, when that was going. Yes. All right. But yes, I am. Aw- it's awesome to be on the same show as you. It, it, you know, it happened. You know, it's funny, Midas. I was going to make the same joke and it's just like you and I are just on the same wavelength there, but yes, this is true. They're in the same room. Uh, you know, now court, uh, you know, and the funny thing is, Midas, is we have a bunch of RPG stuff to talk about today, and it just happens to be, no, you don't. know, we had to have you back. You helped work on Immortals of Avium, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to be talking about play, new PlayStation hardware and a whole bunch more on this week's episode. But it's nice to finally have you guys together. It's finally, you know, court is definitely not the same person as Midas. Confirmed, folks. Episode 117, PlayStation Drive. Confirmed. He likes a lot of games that I do not. So this this is definitely like, come on now, people. I know. He has taste. Uh, yeah, but sure. <laughs> hey, you know what? Twitch the Wait, 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 wait. But what? What? We can both stand strong. And oh, sorry. You're breaking up, man. The connection. The connection yes. to us is what? Court? Part one. It's right connection. there. Right behind, right, like, is it right? Connection is right breaking up, me, folks. Right um, sorry. Part one. Yeah. That's just, two it's, against it's, one for the first time. Matt is just getting trounced. <laughs> It's okay. There's so many, as many of you as there are the best Last of Us game. Which I was surprised because at Fan Expo, I was even talking to Nagachaka and I was trying to find a Joel statue. I didn't see any Last of Us stuff anywhere, like posters. It was just anime, 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 did anime, you, and Spider-Man. Did you look at that golfing setup? The golfing setup? Yeah. In the golfing booth. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I didn't. That's Last of Us Part 2. Now you're I know, the better one. Yeah, better no. One. 
On this week's show, we have a whole bunch to talk about, but of course, we have to clean this dusty, old, dirty garage of ours. This Today is garbage day for me, uh, so you know yesterday I was out cleaning, and of course, we have to bring up the fact that if you're watching us live right now on YouTube.com slash carpoolgaming, please like, subscribe, share, hit that bell so you're notified when we go live. I, I love when people in the chat go, I like the stream like Sean usually does. I don't see him doing it right now, so maybe he didn't like the stream, but it's fine, Sean. It's fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. If you're listening to us wow. on your podcast service of choice, please... Hit us with that five stars. Leave us the review. We have more stuff coming up very, very soon. So please be excited. And of course, if you have an extra bucks to toss our way, head to patreon.com slash carpoolgaming. Toss in bucks in the tip jar. And now comes a cornucopia of content for you to consume. Now, without further ado, we've been playing a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to save avium for the tail end of this conversation let's get the rest of this stuff out of the way first Midas, i'm gonna go over to you first what's been on your playlist lately my dude um i'm not even gonna lie oh no i actually was playing my playstation yesterday so um my little brother um mini midas um he actually uh, he graduated um as an environmental artist but he actually is doing um QA for Supermassive. Okay. So I actually played his first game that he worked on. So it's part of the Dark Pictures anthology and it's the devil um in me. Yeah, yeah. So um so yeah, I was playing that over the weekend and I was like, Do you know what? I felt so bad. I was thinking I still haven't completed my little brother's game. First game he's <laughs> ever worked on that he's done QA on. So I was like, spent the weekend with that. And then I've been playing um, Legend of Zelda. I have good things about that one, eh? Yeah, it's all right. I am, um, to be honest with you, I'm never, I'm never been crazy eh? about those ones. Yeah, I, 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 I saw him trying to be you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed what I played so far. Nice. And then Tears of the Kingdom, I'm in the, I'm underground trying to do it all because I haven't done any of it, and it's like. Going underground's like the Dark Souls of Zelda. Like, I'm just getting <laughs> battered. It's like, how did it get so hard down there? Hey, okay. I can t I, there's an easy way around that. You just don't play the game. It's just easier. And you don't get battered. You just play other games. See, that's how you know we're not the same person. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm that's saying. That's what I mean. Midas. I, I love OG Zeldas, but Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. See, Court didn't even my, know not you my like... Zelda. That's what I want, a t-shirt, not my Zelda. Court didn't even know you liked Zelda Midas, so that shows no, that's he, what he knows. I knew Court. Midas like Zelda because he talks about it all the time on social media. It was Matt, the so-called best friend, that couldn't figure it out. So, all right, stop like fighting Matt over me. I'm here. <laughs> it's okay. You're both my best buds, all right? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Court, what about you? What's been on the playlist? So I've been playing the game that we'll be talking about after, thanks to courtesy of our, our, our main man, Mr. Midas. And then the... the um, the developer sent me a code, shockingly, which is awesome. Um, I've been playing that. But uh, thanks to PlayStation Canada, I've been playing Firewall Ultra on the PSVR 2. Okay. Um, I put about four and a half hours into that game. Um, I really like a lot of aspects of it. I have had some technical issues. But for a shooter, this was my first time ever playing a VR shooter. Mm -hmm. And I know you've talked about them a lot, Matt. And I hopped in. And I can see what you were what you were just saying on how fun it is. So the tutorial that they drop you into, I played that for like an hour and I didn't want to even get out of it because you're just going around and you got NPCs coming at you and you're just shooting them, right? Mm -hmm. But to hold the gun, you literally have to hold the gun by putting your hands together 
to hold it properly. So you got to hold the trigger and pull your hands up. So you actually feel like you're aiming. And like, I found myself closing an eye to aim myself yep. better. And even with the, with the, which th- one of the things that's very cool when you do a sniper, you actually do close your eyes and that does the zoom. I don't know how the technology does it, but that's the coolest thing in the world. Like literally close one eye and it zooms in. So it what? sees that your eyes closed and the, the camera will zoom in for the, your scope. Why does it sound like this is the 90s and you just played Time Crisis for the first time? <laughs> right? Right? It, it gave me the I same I went vibes. to this arcade and I picked up the guns and I was shoot. <laughs> That's literally what I was like. Yeah, you I have know, to actually it, hold it with your hand. It like kick back a little bit when you shoot, dude. But that's the other thing. There's different kickbacks on depending on which guns you're holding. So if you're using the handgun, there's there's very little kickback at all. When you're using the submachine gun, you got the vibration. When you're using the shotgun, it actually um, pulls you back. Like you can actually get a jolt because you can feel it in the headset and you can feel it into the uh, the the controllers. So I was the immersion of the game is so cool the graphics look great it was a little grainy at some ports when we went into the multiplayer and that's where i had my issues when i went into the multiplayer one there is no campaign with this game Mm -hmm. which you know me i love myself some campaigns so this game doesn't have a campaign and sometimes for some reason and it could be my adjustment of my my eyes on the the psvr2 maybe i have to readjust them sometimes when i'd hop into a match when i tried to bring my gun up my gun would come flying into my head so i actually had to like one hand shoot but i will say this i wasn't getting murdered like i would when i'm playing a call of duty because you actually have to aim yourself so Mm -hmm. i was actually doing pretty decent every now and then um i I, there was a couple matches where i actually won which there I'm in go. shock. And in the matches you're going through and you're you're finding these computers and you're doing all these different type of activities. And then they pretty much tell you to like go hard and try and kill all of each other. It was really cool. Like it's addictive to go into this and play this in PSVR 2. And I never had issues finding a lobby. Yeah. Like a, a lot of people, you know, saying that there's not a lot of people online playing, but I had zero issues. You're three on threes, zero issues finding matches. Yeah, I really liked the first one because that was the one that actually came with the expanded aim controller. And, like, it was it was a ton... No, that wasn't. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, and, like, that game is a ton of fun. I played a lot of the first one. And it was one of those things where it's, like, I get anxious. Like, I never have mics on or anything, like, trying to talk to random people when I'm out there playing. And that was one of the few games where, like, I actually added some people on PSN because we got into a good group playing together. And we were, like, yelling at each other of, like, where's this person? Where's that person? So I'm stoked to hear that you're liking at least parts of Ultra... Uh, I'm I'm excited to uh, to hop in and check it out because yeah the game looks great, um, yeah it's it's fun yeah I, I again like I love Pavlov and it's like even with Pavlov it's like the different guns shoot differently they reload differently so I'm curious to see you know what uh, Ultra feels like I did want to since we're still on the VR track I yeah. want to talk about that thing that I sent you in the tweet that our the coconut uh, mighty coconut oh, yes. is making yes there for um, mini golf VR there's going to be what about walkabout mini golf there is an actual like putter that is coming out that Matt mm-hmm. and I will be getting and will be using so that I can actually be better at this game. Yeah, and then Cord kind of will have zero excuse like, oh, I have to leave or oh, I'm not okay, feeling well today about to why he'd have to why, why to he's going to lose these games all over again. I had things to yeah, do. Yeah, Please yeah, stop. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, whatever. Um, but uh, as for myself, I've been busy. Guys, I've been playing like a little bit of everything. Uh, sea of Stars is out today, a game that I've been incredibly excited about. Uh, checked it out for a couple hours and like looks great. Feels great. The music is fantastic. Uh, 
Midas, I know you played the demo. Have you had have you had a chance to play any more of it yet? Nah, so I only got a cold today, but I've been in the studio all day, so I'm probably gonna jump on it tonight. I'm gonna I got the PS5 cold, so I'm nice. just gonna play probably play it on my G Cloud remote play. Does anybody yeah. in the chat want to play the game right now? What Matt, do you mean? check your phone. So we thanks to Marcus O'Neill, um, friend of the show. Um, we have a code for Sea of Stars to give away right now on PS5. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sick. So, just as you said it. So, anybody in the chat, first person to reply and say they want in. No, the yours. first person to reply and say The Last of Us Part 2 is better than The Last of Us Part 1 is going to get the code uh, in the comments. So, uh, hook that up. But, uh, oh, no. Nasty Boots. Nasty Boots all over that. Boom. I'll steal that. Nasty Boots, congrats, my dude. We will send that over to you after. Congratulations. There you go. That's dope. Thank you so much. Uh, we also have to give Marcus a shout-out. I was going to wait and do this a little bit later, but he, he has a new so show. He talked about the bobbies. Marcus O'Neill's wife is the one who made these bobbies that Matt and I were carrying around at Fan Expo. Everywhere we would go, those little bobbies, they were made by his wife, and they are amazing. The amount of compliments I got on these is unbelievable. I was actually in, I, I, so many booths. We went to the Paramount booth, all these different places. They're like, this is amazing. Can I just hug it? The Squishmallow people loved the stuffy. The Squishmallow right. people. That's what they make for a living. Okay, folks. Uh, you know, Squishmallow, if you want to make a Bobby plushie, uh, get into the chat. Let us know. We can, we can, we can talk. I guess we can make some time for you. Uh, but yeah, Sea of Stars has been like a game, a game that I've been incredibly excited about. Uh, Midas did an awesome preview on the demo, so go make sure you go check that out if you haven't as of yet. Uh, but the game is really, really cool so far. Uh, I'm super excited to keep going with it. Hopped into Armored Core. Not a mech guy. Not a FromSoft guy. Uh, but I have to say, so far, the game has grabbed me. Um, I'm, I'm, I know, dude, believe me. The, the, dude, the tutorial boss was harder than most bosses I've played uh, fought against this year in any other game. The tutorial boss. Sounds uh, terrible. I took him down in a couple runs, but like the game is the game is awesome. I'm playing it on Steam Deck and it's running fantastically on there, surprisingly enough. Um, and so, you know, excited to keep going with that and see what that's going to be like. Uh, still playing Remnant My 2. My guess is just going to be pain. I It probably <laughs> will be more pain. I'm not committing to finishing Armored Core, but I'm curious enough to keep going with it. I'm enjoying it. Um... And then uh, I've been playing Remnant 2 with a few friends. That game continues to be really cool. But of course, the game that I've been kind of... Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. I'm in Act 3 now. That game continues to be awesome. I've been all over the place. But of course, the you game that we have to talk... Bear, so we don't care. Yeah, I know. Um, but the game that I'm genuinely really pleasantly surprised by and a game that I was excited about, but maybe not at day one, and then Midas was like, I worked on this, and I was like, well, I'm picking this up day one now, is Immortals of Avium. I am... Pleasantly surprised with how much I'm enjoying it. I watched Skillup's review as well, and he basically said it's like magic guardians of the galaxy in terms of its tone and its delivery. Completely on point. But Midas, tell us a little bit about how, how did this come about? Because you consulted on the game. You helped work on it. How did all this happen? What was the process like? Um, so firstly, I just want to say a huge um, thank you to Ascendant Studios for actually having me do some consultancy on this. Um, I was part of something called the council. Um, I think I'm the only person from the UK that was in a council. So it was like me. Did they give you like little cloaks? Oh, that would have like been cool. Cloaks. Yeah. 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 It sounds a bit Harry Potter-ish, but yeah. The council like of Avia. Me, it works. Um, yeah. Paris Lily. Um... Blessing from Too Many Gay, um, from Too Many Games, from Kind of Funny, um, all different creators. And basically, 
we were kind of given, I was given this pitch of, look, there's a new game that's coming out and it's a, um, it's a fantasy RPG, but it's based around like shooting. Now I'm a person who, when I play Call of Duty, I play the campaigns. Like I really enjoy the campaigns of Call of Duty. I think they're big, they're ba um, boombastic. I like over the top action stories and they just give me the niche that I want. I play them and I'm done. Like I'm not jumping on COD to actually play the multiplayer stuff. So when they said the idea of me, I was like, yeah, this is super cool. Um, obviously we had to sign an NDA in that. And then basically what we did is throughout the span of, I think it was just under a year, and they basically showed us everything in terms of all the marketing, all the promo, um, the game. We played the game early and it was just a lot of feedback. I'll be honest with you, 90% of the feedback that was changed was mainly marketing stuff. Like mm. when you first saw the marketing for this game, they just literally marketed it like it was Destiny. And we're all like, is this a multiplayer game? And they're like, no, it's a single player story. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of kind of feedback in, in terms of the, the marketing, the everything that was going on, but we was able to play the game early for like almost a year ago. So we mm. have been giving feedback of how we felt on the game and the game has grown so much in that time. It's so cool to see the evolution of the game. And it's just really fun to kind of be able to be in the behind the scenes process. Like for me, I've worked in the gaming industry for seven years now, and we get to play games early. Sometimes they're a mess. Sometimes you're like, oh, this just seems perfect. But to, um, but you just play it that one time and then mm -hmm. you play it when it's released. But to play it in different um, tropes going on and, and kind of seeing how people react to the marketing and the stuff that you've done. So really, really cool experience for me. And I'm like super honored that they actually had me as part of this. Would you say that this would change how you review games in the future? Um, do you know what? I would say no. And the only reason I would say no is I always try to go on the standpoint when it comes to games is there's two things that I'm looking at. Do I enjoy this? And is this a good game? Mm -hmm. And is this a good game doesn't mean it has to be perfect like every game can't be the last of us and i don't want every game to be the last of us like some games especially part one because it's the better of the two exactly um not every game can be that and i kind of feel like as long as i'm honest with myself as did i enjoy this and is this game good and is this game good can mean many things it could be technically good it could mm -hmm. be visually good it could be work perfectly so it's given me a better understanding core but I think it, I wouldn't say it specifically changed how I reviewed him. That's awesome, dude. And like, congrats. Obviously, you have to celebrate the fact that this is your first time, as far as I know, being in the credits of a video game, which I know for like any video game fan is always kind of, you know, at least a partial dream. So congrats on that, dude. Would you want to do this kind of continue to do this kind of stuff in the future, whether it's, you know, indie games or AAA? Would you want to keep doing this kind of almost like consultancy work? Firstly, it is insane that my name is in a video game. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm as a kid, video games were my life and I've been lucky enough to be an adult that's been able to continue to love video games and now work in them. And never would I've ever thought when I was playing Sonic the Hedgehog that my name would be in a game. Like that's mm -hmm. legacy for life. So that for me 
is one of the biggest achievements that I've been able to do in my career. And yes, I'd love to do some more. Like I've done small little bits. Like I've done mm. some small bits with Sea of Stars randomly. Um, so I've done small little bits, but like actually being full on like this, I would super love to. And when it's mad because when they said to me, oh, would you like your name in the credits of the game? I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> but also I'm like, is it really going to happen? Like, is my name really going to be in the credits? So to actually see it's there is just like um, so, 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 so heartwarming. And I'll tell you a little industry behind the scenes. Um, Court, who's a very nice fella and, and, and we get on pretty well. He actually DM'd me and he said to me, Midas, like this is one of the sickest things I've ever seen you achieve and how proud of you you are. So I just wanted to shout out Court on that. You don't usually get to see the nice guy Court. I just wanted to let you know how much of a nice guy. <laughs> he's not a nice guy. <laughs> he's got I a was, heart I, I, rattle I was around him there. blown away when I saw that. I think it was Paris that put out the tweet or was it someone put out the tweet and I saw your name and I was just like, I was blown away. I was just like, that is like, honestly, that's, so cool and such an achievement just to have your name in a video game because there's a lot of work that goes into those things so it's like oh my god the amount of work that you had to do in playing game just people don't realize that the difference that's why i was kind of asking the questions like you get to now see what's behind the curtain as we kind of talked about before the show started there's there's a lot that goes into making a video game there's a lot that goes into a lot of things so it's it's so cool that you got to do that Seriously. And it's like, you know, you and like what a year you've had, dude, like from kind of funny to to being on IGN credits in, in a video game. You've had a huge year, my dude. So unbelievably proud of you. And I know it's just the beginning, man. You're going to be like in every game is going to be like, oh, this is another Midas joint. Got to pick this one up, too. He's got his names in the credit in a video game. He's got his name on the wall, the new studio. Kind of funny. Mm -hmm. just... Next, yeah. he's going to be on stage here. Next <laughs> stage presenting award at the game awards. A hundred percent. Talk that into the atmosphere because I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully here for that. We'll start but the yeah, campaign. We'll start the campaign. No, I really, really appreciate the kind words. Like it has been an incredible year. It's hard to kind of even fathom some of the stuff. Like I was literally watching kind of funny um, um, PlayStation um, PS I love you. PS I love you. XO XO. And like the last episode, like my question was thing and then they was talking about me on topic of the show and it just blows my mind i'm like what's going on but super humbled and one of the things that i will say before we actually talk about how we find the game mm -hmm. i love that there is games that you can just enjoy have fun and it be a bit silly like i feel like when i first started playing immortals i was like oh is this a serious game soon as I realized, no, it's kind of game, kind of poking fun at it, I enjoyed it more. I feel like it trying to be too serious, it doesn't mm -hmm. pull that off well, but just in the grand scheme of all of the colors and, and the magic and stuff like that, and when you kind of get the silliness and the campiness behind it, then it gets a lot more enjoyable and fun. I'm with you entirely, dude. Like, the game knows what it is. It's not trying to be anything more or anything less than what it is, and I feel like in terms of like it's you know some of the criticism or not criticism but some of the things that i enjoy is that it does feel very mcu in its writing you have you have the one-off jokes the character banter is there the, you know it feels very guardians and that's one of the main things that i love about it the most is that like from what i understand too it's a pretty quick game you know 12 to 15 hours if you're kind of mainlining it there's plenty more that you can do and that you can see but like 
the the gunplay well gunplay magic shooting play feels great the world is beautiful the game looks incredible and like those set pieces so far are super dope like i will say i think the one thing that like court and i were talking about this briefly before but i just want to change the square button just because the amount of times i've accidentally used a mana crystal trying to open up a a like a, a like a crate is driving me nuts but like i'm having i'm pleasantly surprised with how much i'm enjoying this game so far did Same. you fight the howler the, the howler? howler see i never remember anybody's the name. dragon the dragon yes yeah i know I've yeah yeah the dragon. yeah yes yeah. yeah, yeah. that that's when it got me i was like yeah I'm up. Well, you're in the arena, but every yes. time that dragon does that spin, as long as you got your shield on, your shield will break, and then you just gotta like literally like Monty Python run away into the corner because you're just so scared. Like run away, run away, because that's all I did. That fight is just running around in a circle until I get my my second to shoot at. Yeah. One of the one of the tricks, if anybody's playing the game, that I learned early on, each enemy has a color that yep. you can see. Like their shield will have a color, or they have a color on them that they're shooting at you. Like the whatever magic they're shooting back at you, that's when you change your, I'll just call them hilts. Sigil. So you change your arm. What's it called? Sigil. Sigil, that's it, sorry. So you change the your sigil because you have the green one, you have the red one, and you or the blue one, and you change your sigil. So whatever color they are, as long as you're changing and always keeping your shields on, it was almost like a, a parry system without being one because you're not parrying, but you're just shield, shield goes, and then you can shoot everybody. Um, and I'm also playing on baby mode because that's how I play. So I've been I've been ripping through the game, um, but I'm having fun with it. I really like the combat system, mm -hmm. and I think they have something here. And for this being their first game like this, hats off to them because I'm really liking the lore and the story. I think the the actors, the voice actors that are in this game, mm -hmm. um, and the mocap actors, I should call them as well. Now, when you think about it, because you can see the actors and the actresses. They do a phenomenal job, even caring because you have you do have those light sides when they're having like having a smoke out of nowhere. Um, it's just it it's made me want to play the game. I haven't had a game in a long time where I'm like, I'm going to finish this. And this is the game because I've been on like a, a rut in this mm -hmm. game. I want to finish it. That's dope. Yeah. I think um, I weren't crazy about Jack as a pro tag. I think Jack's cool, but Jack's not like my favorite. I'll be honest. And the beginning of the game for me is the weakest point. And the reason why is the weakest point is something happens which has made Jack, me having to really care about why Jack is gone in this adventure. And I didn't care. And yeah. I felt like, I felt like if they spent a little bit more time on that, that could have been powerful. Just the same way the first time, and I know we've spoken about it a million times, but the first time you play The Last of Us Part One, when the superior game, um, when you play that game, the beginning moment makes you care about everything that happens. And I think yep. they lost that moment at the beginning. But other than that, great time. And how quickly Jack decides to like, she's just like, so do you want to join us? She's like, yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> all right. Like we had so much, it took so long to get where they were going at the beginning. Cause you're walking around that little town for so long. I almost liked his friend, her, the, the, the female protagonist. I, I wanted her to be actually the main character. Yeah. And then when you end up being Me Jack, you're both. Like, <laughs> like like what are we doing here because she was such she had more to explore and i actually learned more about her and i guess that's they wanted us to care about uh, her yeah because yeah. i don't yeah. want to spoil anything but yeah it was um i have to agree with you on the the choice of jack and how it's just the, the way he made that decision it sticks in my head i was just like she's like yeah sure i'm in i'm in i'm i'll go out and risk my life and try and kill everybody sure yeah i i don't know i i kind of disagree i kind of like jack so far 
And like, I don't know, the pacing of the game is one thing that I'm actually enjoying. I found that like, I agree with you though, Midas. I don't think the beginning had the punch that I think they wanted it to, but it was enough for me to be like, all right, I'm invested into the rest of the ride. Let me see what plays out here. But yeah, we'll definitely keep talking about it as we keep playing it because this game is, I think it also hit at like the perfect time for a quick, what like feels like a weekend game ahead of like massive, massive launches coming soon. And for folks that want to check this out later, um, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's really solid. Um, and I, I'm really pleasantly surprised with it so far. So kudos to the team over at Ascension. Uh, this, this, I want, I want more of this. I hope this becomes a, a series. Like I'm, I'm, I'm invested now. I'm in. But that wasn't the only thing that we got because we got a whole bunch of news to talk about this week, and then a whole lot more questions to talk about. But let's kick things Seriously. off with PlayStation's first remote play dedicated device, the PlayStation Portal remote player to launch later this year at one ninety nine ninety nine. Um, this is written by Hideaki Nishino over on the PlayStation Portal. blog. Portal! Since launching PS5, we've been amazed to see our blah, blah, blah. In May, we gave a quick peek at our dedicated PS5 remote play device, now called the PlayStation Portal remote play on our first wireless earbuds called Pulse Explore, along with the Pulse Elite. So we got confirmation that the Portal remote player will be coming at some point this year. We don't have a date for it yet, but it's coming with the DualSense wireless controller with the Ball. screen. Like, well, yeah, I think that's much as obvious we don't have that much time with this year left court mm -hmm. uh, an lcd screen school, school starts eight inches yeah. capable of 1080p at 60 frames per second uh has to be played over a wi-fi there is 3.5 millimeter audio jack there is no bluetooth on this thing and you cannot stream games from playstation plus to the playstation portal before we roll on to talk about the headsets let's get a vibe check um midas as somebody who's been Entering the world of streaming more with the G Cloud and stuff, does this do enough for you to consider picking one up alongside the G Cloud? Does it not do enough? Where Where's the feelings at for this one? So I think we briefly spoke about this uh, last time I was on. I am mm. the remote play guy. I love it. I'm always talking about remote play. It's, somewhere, it's something that I do a lot. Um, and I actually use my G Cloud more for remote play than I do for streaming. So mm -hmm. I remote play on it a, a hell of a lot. And the app, the remote play on app on the G Cloud, it doesn't even work properly. So I literally had to buy a application where you can use the controllers because otherwise it needs you to use the touchscreen, which makes no sense. So yeah. um, I'm super gassed about it. The reason why I'm super gassed about it is one, I love to do remote play. And having a G Cloud has made remote play way easier for me. Mm -hmm. But my favorite thing about the PlayStation 5 is the DualSense. That is mm -hmm. the that is Fair. the best part of the PlayStation 5 for me. I love the I love the triggers. I love um I love the rumble. I love all of that. So every single time I'm remote playing, I lose all of that. And also as well, I just like to have a, a single handheld unit, like re remote playing on my MacBook with a dual sense and remote playing with my iPad on a dual sense. It's not the same as just being able to pick um, something up. So I'm super excited about this to be able to have the dual sense capabilities for it to be in a good price point. And it makes sense for my life. Like the nine times out of 10, when I'm playing a handheld, it's when I'm at home, I drive. Mm -hmm. So I don't really play on public transport. If I am on public transport, I will just, um, I'm just on my phone and mm -hmm. I've been to, I've been to America twice this year and I played my, my switch once on the plane. 
So the f- okay. going going to LA and back, I was just watching movies. Going to LA, going to San Francisco and back, I played my Switch One. So most of the time, I do play on a handheld. It is in my living room, where or in a hotel where I got Wi-Fi. So this, I am the target audience. When everyone's like, "Who's the target audience for this?" <laughs> it's me. Like this is what I do. So yes, it would be amazing if it could play your PlayStation Five when you're out and about. But how much money are we spending to paying to be able to get that? So the two drawbacks for me, not having Bluetooth is mm-hmm. ridiculous. I can't yep. believe that it doesn't have Bluetooth. And um, not knowing about the battery. And I would have liked an OLED, but obviously if we got an OLED, it would have been more money. Yeah, I think the battery life is kind of my major question left. But Court, we, we, we finally know about it. We saw this thing teased a few months ago. Is the portal for you? Well, for me, I... I mean, you have your mountain chat, so of PlayStation Fives. There's one in the bathroom. There's one in the basement. I have a, I, so if my daughter takes over my office and she's got my... I have to go downstairs. Now, I will say this. My PlayStation up here is 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 connected by Ethernet cables. My PlayStation in the basement is done by Wi-Fi and it's digital only. So to download games onto it, I literally, like this morning, I was like, okay, I'm going to start getting into Destiny 2 because it's like, I want to try it. I had to go downstairs and download it and it was like, this is going to take five hours. I'm like... So for me, I don't know whether it is or not, because most of the time, if I'm on my main floor, I'm going to be playing. Um... <laughs> yeah, well, you you know what? So yeah. Sean brings up a good point. It could be my bathroom PlayStation, because then I could definitely, <laughs> be, you know, yeah. um, but I don't play. I usually if I'm in the family room, I'm watching TV. I haven't I have a backbone and I very, very, very rarely use it. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it being a second screen though. Like say a game like I really enjoy is Assassin's Creed and a lot of Assassin's Creed's are collectathons. I remember when I had my Vita and I used it as a second screen, I used to do things like get all the collect do all the checkboxes in Ubisoft games. I used to use my Vita for that. Mm-hmm. So I did use my Vita when I had it for a second screen. So the price point isn't bad. We don't know what it is in Canada. We know it's 200, so I'm hoping it's that 249.99. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know about the battery life. So the average consumer did a whole test on it. So okay. he talked about it. He said the average battery life is the same as the dual sense. Okay. Yeah. So like three to five hours. So that does bother me a little bit, but yeah. he, he just said you could just have it plugged in. Right. Yeah. But that's yep. bad. That's really bad. Cause my, yeah, so he said, my I watched a review on it. Average consumer did a, a very good review. Um, I put it into our discord there before he, he said that the average battery life he found was pretty much the same as a DualSense controller. Yeah, that's not good because my G Cloud lasts forever. Really, eh? Yeah, I think I think for me. Um, so I, I spoke previously about how I wasn't the biggest remote player, you uh, you know, user. I wasn't finding a lot of usage for it. But since switching my internet, and I will say, granted, this much, like I have very good internet now, and I hardwired my PS5 into the into the modem. Um, and I've started, I've, I've reset up my remote play on my Steam Deck, and now it works great. I was playing Sea of Stars on it. I was playing Immortals of ABM from bed, uh, and, and it works surprise, like really, really well now. I'm having like next to no frame drops. Everything looks good. Everything runs well. So I think for me, and the thing is, it's like if I'm in my office, I can like, especially using the Steam Deck, I can just tether the PS5 controller to the thing and just set it up in front of me and still use the DualSense. So for me personally, I don't know... Like, I, I think the biggest kind of thing that I'm considering about this is just because 
I have to go through some extra hoops if I want to connect to a Wi-Fi that isn't the home Wi-Fi when using it. And this should hopefully, you know, theoretically streamline that process. Um, but I, I, I am, I think, more curious about this than I was before now, just because now I've actually seen how remote, how good remote play can be on the Steam Deck. I just don't know if the portal is doing enough for me to want to go invest in one if I can already have that functionality with me on a device I currently have. Um, but I do think that, like, you know, I think this is a step in the right. I think this is an interesting step. I think there's been more hype for it I've seen recently than when we got it in the announcement. People do seem to be a little bit more excited about it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Midas. I think no Bluetooth is is absolutely ridiculous in the year of the Lord 2023. Um, I'm gonna bring up uh, the the headsets in now because you need a PlayStation. What, Link. What's it before you before you even yeah, jump I into talk the headset? About the Bluetooth real quick. Yeah. Before you even jump into the headset, I yeah. hate when I'm remote playing that I have to have my DualSense on so much. I bought the remote control. You know the remote control yeah, for yeah, media yeah. player. For the PlayStation 5, I bought that just so I can use that to, to have my PlayStation um, when I'm using my G Cloud. Because I'm like, why do I have to have my DualSense on while I've got my G Cloud? I hate You it. have to have a DualSense on when you're using your G Cloud? Yeah. What? So so in, so in to, to combat that, um, I use the remote. I hate it. It really interesting. Yeah, the so, Steam Deck, the, the app that I'm using sends like a wake up package and turns the thing on, and then I just connect. I don't have to connect. Steam Deck like, sounds like a good. Uh, I don't have to use like a, I don't have to yeah. use the Dual Sense at all if I don't want to. But that's interesting. That's really weird. So but court. So some in the average consumer's review about the Bluetooth, because I know Mark has he put out that uh, tweet and he was kind of trashing the livid daylights out of this thing, even though he never actually got one, um, which was interesting. He did have I don't one, know how didn't he? Did. he? No, he never got one. He used the average consumer's uh, review and other people's reviews as his oh, talking points. Okay. Yeah, he never actually had one. Like, I can't review this thing, but one theory around it is Marquez could be right. This could be one of those things, like the most Apple thing Sony's ever done and making it so you have to use proprietary stuff, which is, you know, some very uh, different practices. But the average consumer was mentioning there's a lot of interference when it comes to Bluetooth. So to obviously get the best um tethering between the device and your console and have the best gameplay experience they got rid of the bluetooth so that that you didn't have any of the interference and you'd actually get better frames per second and better gameplay that, that i don't is know a theory wait till I, digital foundry gets this thing but that's a theory. yeah i i can i cannot even understand like the the idea of like you know making maybe make the battery battery life better by not putting the bluetooth in the ps5 itself doesn't even have native bluetooth which is again ridiculous but i it is it is it is a point for me like i want to be able to use my own headphones when i'm playing this thing rather than having to and like there's no shade against you know the, the stuff that they're talking about here because uh, we also got in um we also got a Pulse Elite wireless headset coming. Uh, I love my Pulse headset. I think it's fantastic. What I will say is I hope they fix the bug because I have a recurring issue with mine where there's an echo every time I wire in with it. And for whatever reason, it won't let me connect wirelessly. So when I'm playing with friends and I wire into the controller, there's an echo every time that I speak. So I don't know if it's picking yeah. me up on both the controller and on the headset for whatever reason. So I can't even use it properly anymore. And we're getting the uh, Pulse Explorer, which is like the, you know, the buds that they're coming. Um, the Pulse Elite is going to be $149.99 USD and the Pulse Explorer will be $199 USD. Both of these are PlayStation Link enabled, which means you will be able to use them with the PlayStation Portal. Um, I think both of these headsets uh, slash earbuds look cool. I think they're like, I've really liked 
the Pulse headsets before. Um, is it enough for me to hop back in? I don't know. But Midas, where are you at on the on the Elite and the Explorer? Firstly, some explain Link to me, because how are the wireless it's Bluetooth, headphones... but it's called Sony's version of it. So how? So this is what I understand. So how can the device link with them, but can't link with any other Bluetooth? It's a different kind it's of connection or something. They're they're doing something with it. That's I mean they just bought like some audio company as well. But here I'll pull this back up real quick. I'm curious what? to see how else it's going to work because yeah they say that it connects to PlayStation Portal by leveraging new wireless audio technology. PlayStation Link innovation delivers low latency, lossless audio, and easy switching. Um, I don't know, dude. It sounds like voodoo. I don't get it. It's, it's, it's <laughs> so they bought, they bought Arduzi? Yeah. So you, are you telling me there's a new way to connect that's not Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and that's what the portal's doing? Evidently so. From, well, what, if, from what they're putting out here. If they figured it out, somebody else is going to be being able to figure it out. So hopefully it won't be too long. Because not being able to plug them out is um, incredibly stupid. Um, and then in terms of the my my pulses, so Matt, literally a month after I've got it, I lost the Bluetooth dongle. I went to my sister's house, took it, lost the dongle. So I have to have mine wired. I have Bro. literally not. And you can't even get a new one from PlayStation. The I've thing is... To, I got one. I never use my Bluetooth. But the, but I, the, I have but, it for my old headset. I don't. But use here's it. the thing, dude. I so the no same thing might have happened. I I didn't know where it was because I was just wired it in. I found it easier. I found my dongle and it doesn't work. It won't connect. The the headset won't connect to it because I don't know if I never connected to it in the last few years that I've owned it, but it just won't connect. So I don't know what the issue is. I have multiple dongles for multiple Pulse headsets. None of them will work. Well, one of you need to give me one of your dongles because it's annoying Happily. me every single <laughs> yeah, every yeah. single dongle, time. I, man. I wire. I use wired every time. Yeah, well, I'm using wired because I've I've got no choice. And nine times out of ten now, like when I'm on my G Cloud, I'll just use my AirPods. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, very curious how they're gonna do the lossless audio, which that's one of the things I'm excited about. But also doing lossless audio uh, wirelessly. I'm, I'm very because you could lose some of the bit rate. So I, I would love to hear. Um, the audio component, because we are getting something that I, I'm excited about. We are getting, I'm using the beta and we are getting, you know, um, the Dolby Atmos on our, through our TVs now, not just through the headsets. So we're going to be able to have that. And I'm very curious on if they're going to promote lossless audio, like as much as I, I hope they are, like in games where say the game does have a music component to it. Um, like say you're playing a sports game, like is that music going to be in lossless audio if you're using the headset? Because it does sound better. So I'm, I'm very curious on how they're going to work with this. Yeah, I think the like both of the both the headset and the headphones, like I'm curious to see. I'm also curious to see what people's feedback are, are going to be. Like even like if you take out the PlayStation, are the earbuds going to be competitors to your AirPods or to your Galaxy Buds? Is this going to be a new avenue for them to kind of consider that? If it is, if these are fantastic headphones outside of the fact that they work well with PlayStation, maybe I'll think about it. But, folks, let's keep this train rolling because we still have a couple stories to hit before we have a mountain of questions because... Do we? Yep. <laughs> Bioware is laying off 50 employees coming from VGC written by Tom Ivan. General Manager says Bioware must shift towards a more agile and more focused studio. In a blog post, Bioware General Manager Gary McKay said reorganizing its teams was necessary as the Electronics Arts Studio 
rethinks its approach to development. In order to meet the needs of our upcoming projects, continue to hold ourselves to the highest standards of quality and ensure Bioware can continue to thrive in an industry that's rapidly evolving, we must shift towards a more agile and more focused studio. I'm going to pull in a second article here because Dragon Age Dreadwolf keeps getting delayed internally report claims coming once again from Tom Ivan. According to Giant Bob reporter Jeff Grubb, who said on Thursday he discussed behind-the-scenes goings-on at the EA studio with unnamed sources um, that it's been delayed till at least summer 2024 at the very earliest. Before we kind of get into this, we have a question in that I'm going to bring in about this story because Savoy Prime writes in and asks, question for the show. With the current Bioware situation, are you expecting Mass Effect, Mass Effect to be a next-gen console release since Dragon Age keeps getting back, pushed back further and no real work has even began on the new Mass Effect yet? I'm concerned that Bioware might not be even around by the time 2025 comes around. Court, you, you're you a big Bioware fan, aren't you? Where are you at I on am, on, Yeah, I'm a big fan of Mass Effect. I'm a big fan of Dragon Age. Um, I 100% agree with this question. I think it... I don't see how the next Mass Effect, which I do think was obviously uh, announced way too early but i think they did that to get people to come work at the studio and then look what happens um because that's usually a lot of times when the studio does this hype machine around a game it's to get people hyped to actually come work for them to work on the game mm-hmm. um i don't see how mass effect is going to be released on the playstation 5 when they still haven't released dragon age uh, i believe the article said dragon age was originally scheduled for september so we were supposed to get it like right now Mm-hmm. And they're going to delay it, and we're not even going to get it this year. We're not. We're going to get it next year. I'm excited for that game. I think a lot that also puts a lot of pressure on Dragon Age itself. Bioware, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, was not a fun Mass Effect game. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to reinvent the wheel, um, and sometimes when you do that, it just doesn't work out for you. You can look at uh, what they've been doing with the Batman just recently when they brought out Gotham Knights. They had this Arkham series that everybody loved, and then they brought out Gotham Knights, and even myself as a fan of Batman was like. Why didn't we just get another one of the Arkham Arkham Knights games? And they kind of did that with Mass Effect. And then they had Anthem, which ended up being a good game in the end, but it was too little too late. I think mm-hmm. um, they couldn't have their own redemption story with that game, and the, and the game just died. But if the game, I think, released as it was at the end of the life cycle of that game, I think the game would have been more popular because the flying mechanics in that game were unbelievable. But you have two flops in a row in a studio like that that's based here in Canada that's not the big to begin with. And they work for a company like EA that has mm-hmm. no issue just chopping things off at the off at the legs and making it go away. Um, I really hope this is not the end of them. But uh, to me, a lot of pressure on Dragon Age. If Dragon Age doesn't release good and it's not a good game, I think it's the end of Bioware. Midas, you're a big Mass Effect guy too, no? So where are you at on this? Do you think that they can, especially with the layoffs and everything that's been going on with Dragon Age, can they stick the landing with what will be the hype machine for Dragon Age? And do you think we even see another Mass Effect from them? Um, So firstly, really sad that people have lost their jobs. Um, Mm -hmm. It's one of the worst thing about the gaming industry is... Um, companies drawing loads of employees and then they're like, nope, let's just cut them off, which is really, yep. really sad. Well, the good part is you read that they are actually giving, offering them all jobs at other sections of EA. Hopefully that can work out that they're going somewhere if they, because EA is in Vancouver and other different areas, but at least they're doing that. But I agree that's, with my story. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm super glad that's happening because it, it can be a very scary industry to work in. Um, so Court, what's funny enough is Andronos was my first Mass Effect. And I was like, what is this trash? Everyone goes crazy about Mass Effect. I'm like, 
this is the game that people go crazy about. And then I played the um, remasters and I l love it. And I missed out that whole generation because it was like Xbox um, kind of more centric. So I really hope that they just take their time. And I know it's easy to say that, but I would rather it be the end of the PlayStation 5 generation, the beginning mm -hmm. of the PS6 generation for us to get a great Mass Effect game. Because if they do it right, people will lose their mind for it because I think a lot of people like me who um, played the trilogy for the first time on the remasters are really excited for what they can do. So hopefully they've got the money, they can take their time. Hopefully EA is backing them. Um, and yeah, like I just want them to take their time and make something great because what they made last time was super disappointing. Yeah, yeah it's just weird. I think they have a lot riding on on both of these games, so I'm, I'm curious to see how this continues, but we'll definitely keep you posted as we find out more. And we're going to wrap up the news with a bit of a review rock block because Armored Core came out. A, obviously, a lot of folks are very, very excited for this one, sitting currently at an 85 critic average with a 91 critic recommend on Open Critic. So this one is one that I know people are stoked on. And again, for me, uh, I feel like it's going to be a lot of people's first Armored Core, given that the series has been, uh, you know, dormant for a while, but FromSoft just continues to not miss. Guys, are either one of you even interested at all in Armored Core? Is this on any of your radars? No, but kudos to FromSoft just knocking it out of the park. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. They just, as, as we say, bangers. Like, Jesus, think about it. Bloodborne, Elden Ring, and now this. Like, three in a row. On yeah, top of same. the Dark Souls and everything else. Oh, oh, geez, I forgot about the Dark Souls. Oh, my God. I even forgot about that. That's like, yep. what, 485s in a row? More than that. Jesus. Yeah, they don't play. It's not for me. Like, I'm not into mechs. Even though I'm into anime, I've never been into mech stuff. And I don't like Souls hard games. So none of it um, is for me specifically. But I just love that people are loving it. And I just love that there's so many different types of games out right now. I feel like... It's such a diverse year for different types of games. Um, mm -hmm. So it's dope to see so many people loving it and it being such an incredible ride. And, and staying on the review train, Sea of Stars is out today on PlayStation Plus Extra. So if you have Extra, go check this game out. Sitting rightly at right now at a 90% top critic average with a 99% critic recommend. Coming out huge. Folks are saying... Um, you know, it's dethroned Chrono Trigger for some people, and just the fact that that's even being mentioned by some folks is wild. Uh, there's this demo as well, if you haven't checked it out yet. I've started playing, um, played a couple hours of it. The game is beautiful. The music is fantastic. This game is one that I think... Uh, the, guys, game of the year this year is going to be a bloodbath between all these games. Uh, but like so Midas was saying, we have... This would be the perfect game for the portal. This would be the perfect game. Like it for works. me, I loved Corner Trigger on on the Nintendo, like on the Super Nintendo store. Like I would definitely play. I don't want to sit there for hours, but I can definitely sit there while my wife's watching like Big Brother or something like that. That I'm just like whatever. I could pay attention a little bit. This is a game that I could play on a portal. This is the type of game because what it's got the eight bit graphics. It looks beautiful. I just I'm like, can I sit there at my computer at my my TV for hours on end with it? I've been using it on Remote Play on Steam Deck. Runs great. Midas, I know this is one that you and I have been hyped about for a while, so I'm stoked to hear more of your thoughts on it. But yeah, we, we spoke about this one at the top of the show, but this one, go check out Sea of Stars. It's free on Extra. It's free on Game Pass. Go pick it up. Yeah, I'm Mr. Nasty Boots just won a code, for God's sake. There you go. And I'm 
Cool, I agree with you completely to the point where games like this, I used to ask for my Switch because I knew mm -hmm. like I'm not, I'm only going to play it handheld where now I've got the G Cloud, I literally said, oh, can I get the PlayStation 5 version? So mm -hmm. if I decide to play it on the PS5, I can, but nine times out of 10, I'm just going to play it remote play. So if I had the portal, I'd be playing that on it straight. Yep. I Like I said, playing it uh, on remote play using the Steam Deck works fantastic so far. Uh, all right, folks, we have a whole bunch of questions to get into, and we're going to start with one from Black Wyver that we missed last week, just because, again, it was another packed show. Black Wyver asked, question for the show, since you all play on various devices, how do you cope with asymmetrical analog stick PlayStation placement for, like, non-PlayStation controllers? Does that impact your gaming experience at all? Also, a new question, but why do most manufacturers, apart from Sony, go that way? It just doesn't feel right in my head. I can't play with those. All right, I'm going to go first because, cool, I know it's not a problem for you. So always play PlayStation and I could never get my brain around an Xbox controller. It felt so alien to me until I got the Nintendo Switch Pro Controller. And the mm -hmm. Pro Controller got my brain around it to be able to understand. And now I can play with all three. But at first, it threw me. And I've got this really weird bug on my Steam account. It doesn't always happen, but some games, even when I change them to PlayStation, it still shows me the Xbox buttons. So like <laughs> when I'm playing Spider-Man, it's showing me the Xbox controllers and I refuse to play Spider-Man with an Xbox controller. I have to play it with a DualSense. So mm -hmm. yeah, it just it will just show me the, the Xbox buttons, even though I've gone into settings and changed it and updated it so some games do some games don't but yeah at first alien to me but yeah now it's just normal in it i i think it might be that i have zero issues with it is because growing up you had nintendo just every year gave us a new controller so yep. like the first we had the first nes and then it was this little square thing that you used to get like the little calluses in your corners of your palms because you're holding the controller and then we nintendo had nintendo the, yeah and then we had the mm -hmm. Super Nintendo controller, which I still to this day say it's the, the best feeling controller in your hand. Uh, yes, it doesn't have all the functionality. There's no back buttons and stuff that you need in, in new and age games. But man, what a perfect little controller. But then we had, you know, GameCube. And then we had N64, the N64. N64, the yeah. then GameCube. Where we had to learn, like, what the controller looked like and where the thumbsticks were. So it was just like, that's just... I had to learn to do it. You had no point. And then you also had PC at the same time. So we were playing all these different methods. And for me, my brain was just like, whatever it's telling me to do, I'll do it. So then when the Xbox came out, I remember getting the original, the Duke and all that. I had zero issue with the thumbs being in a different spot because I already was using, I did use the DualShock that was before on the PlayStation 1 when they first mm -hmm. had it. It became Spyro or Armageddon, that game with Bruce Willis. I can't remember which one had it first, but... I got, I just got used, I just, I, I guess it's an adaption because me, it was more of a brain thing. It was like, all right, I just got to adapt to it. I just got to use it as it is. To this day, I think the functionality of the DualSense and the new consoles, I love. I still like the form factor in my hand of the Xbox controller just because it feels smaller. That's all. Yeah. I think for me, similarly, Court, like growing up, I had to adjust to new controllers all the time. So I don't even think about it anymore. I still prefer the DualSense. The DualSense is right now my favorite controller, bar none. Like it just feels the best. But even playing, you know, edge. 
the, well, the, yeah, the DualSense slash DualSense Edge. But, like, for, like, even going from Steam Deck, from GameCube, from N64 to, like, all the different, like, you know, bootleg controllers my parents used to buy us growing up. So, like, things were all over the place always, so I don't even think about it. Uh, but PlayStation, the PlayStation controllers are definitely my preferred way to go. Um, but Can question, I ask was... one quick question? Yeah. Um, do you have to look at the buttons? Because on my, when I look at, X, when I play an Xbox and it tells me to press buttons, I have to look at the controller. Because I just yes, don't know only... Not at I all. do because of Switch and Xbox. Because they both, all, both of them have A, B, X, Y. And on Switch and the, and the Xbox, the X and the Y are flipped. I still don't remember which one is which. So I do have to look down. Uh, when I when I'm starting to play something again for the first time on that console in a bit, because I'm just like, but the okay, which one is the same. this? The jump button is always even if it's X or it's changed on the on the Nintendo, it's still jump. Like yeah, but I'll it's, give it's that not... to all. I'll give that to all developers in every console. Thank you for always making the jump button since 1988 in the same spot. Like thank you. Sure, but I mean it's still like the functionality for some of the stuff. Yeah, it throws me Midas still sometimes. Um, and like again between Steam Deck. And Xbox and Switch. It's just like, which one is which? Where are the X and where are the Y? And that's why I think I had the biggest issue with Dying Light. Remember Dying Light yeah. 1 and Dying Light 2? I keep saying to you I don't like it. It's because they make me do things that no other game does Parkour. with the controls. Parkour. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Why are you making? Why, you, why have you decided to reinvent the Parkour. wheel? I say this about games all the time. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just, you know, adapt a little bit, but don't reinvent it. Just well, What was that horror game that made you punch like that that did that? Uh, I'm not sure. From the know. makers of Dead Space. Callisto Protocol. Yeah, oh. I haven't played that game. I, I heard that I wouldn't like the controls on it. Yeah. Uh, our next question, Darth Stridius writes in a question for Midas and says, Mr. Midas Games, can you please open Court Lalonde's eyes on what he is missing out when he's not playing RPGs and especially the upcoming Sea of Stars? So Court, let me talk to you, yeah? You play most of your games with your daughter, yeah? Yep, nowadays, yep. So I think Sea of Stars would be an incredible game to play with her. The reason why I say that is it's got a beautiful art style. There's loads of reading because there's no voice acting. So you'll be, you can read out all of the characters to her. And it's going to be a lead up to Super Mario RPG. I'm, su I'm assuming you're going to get a Super Mario RPG. Yes, I wonder is an RPG, yes. And it's got, it's got the same um, combat system or thingy. So I think that's a great one to actually play with your daughter. I was thinking about this when I saw the question. So maybe because she did like, we played Stray together. She really likes Stray. Uh, and the PlayStation, I, I was talking about this actually um, at Fan Expo because I guess people don't realize in the beta, they have a new thing called Copilot. Uh, and I'm able to play games with her where we're both using the player one controller. And I know you can already do that on Xbox. I think it's the greatest thing that PlayStation's brought because I, I mainly play on the PlayStation. So maybe it is something because I, I... It's funny everybody always jokes about me not playing RPGs, but when you think about it, I do play a ton of RPGs. I just don't play the 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 weeb RPGs, I guess we'll call them. Like, uh, whatever we want to call them. I just don't play those ones. Like the Final Fantasies. I tried it. This is not for me. You loved uh, it. What are you I, talking about? I played 30 hours of that game. 30 hours. <laughs> I gave and it. I gave it a very fair shake. I this still is why feel I don't like play I Bioshock because you didn't finish it, oh, buddy. You didn't even give that a chance. But um, I don't. We'll we'll see. Maybe it's just I look at the slate of games right now. So I am playing currently. I'm playing Firewall Ultra, and I am also playing Immortals. And then I know the the Crew Motorfest is coming out. Assassin's Creed Mirage is coming out. 
Um, Starfield is coming out this weekend. Spider-Man 2 is coming out. Mario Wonders is coming out. When am I playing Sea of Stars? Like, now. when am I playing that game? Now. Yeah, it is, it's a very difficult time for them to mm-hmm. play. I think, to be honest with you, I think this is going to be a game that's going to end up pushing to a lot of people's Christmas lists. I think so too. I think this is going to be one that like we'll definitely. I'm glad it's on the services because I think it's going to be there for a while, and I think it's going to help. The oh, game and Baldur's Gate Three is coming to the console, right? Like I look at, mm-hmm. I look at a PlayStation gamer. Yes, you don't have like get over it. You don't have Starfield. You can play Sea of Stars. And you can play Baldur's Gate Three. Figure yep. it out. There's there's two big games there for you, um, and I would probably suggest Sea of Stars. It looks it looks great. It's on extra. Can't hurt to it try. It probably would have been a game that I actually liked more than Final Fantasy because I did like the RPGs that I grew up of, I guess would be called the non-Western RPGs. Those are the ones I played them that way. I played mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger. I played Final Fantasy VII, but I liked them when they were turn-based that way. But when they get to the new turn base and then like it's all 3D and I'm like, no, I just like my five guys up on the one side and I go, boo-boo, and then I come back. And then I, yep. I, I like that better. I don't know what it is. Who knows? Sea of Stars might end up being your game of the year if you give it a shot. I doubt uh, it. <laughs> Drellish writes in and asks questions to Court and Matt. When will we be finally seeing some Baldur's Gate cosplay from you two? Mr. Midas, feel free to join. The more the merrier. Also, this would be perfect practice for Spider-Man cosplay when it releases. Okay. I, I just was at Fan Expo and Matt, and I'll, I'll say this. Matt spent his whole time with me explaining on what cosplays that I'm going to go to next time when we go. You know what? This may sound like the grumpy old man, but it's just not for me. All right. I guess just I, my birthday is right around Halloween. So it's, it had this like stigmatism in my brain about Halloween, how every year on my birthday, it had to be Halloween and I had to dress up and I couldn't just have a normal birthday. Um, you know what? The best I would do is I have a Marty McFly costume. I know it's a shocker to all. The only two costumes I own are Batman and Marty McFly, you know, back to the future, Batman. It's nothing. I never liked those shows, but, um, Maybe, but I seriously, seriously doubt it. And Baldur's Gate 3, I wouldn't know anything. I'm never going to play the game. Don't care to. Whatever. Matt, are you dressing up as the bear? I mean, it depends. We can talk about it. If we need to get a little berry on here, we can, We totally can. Uh, Court, you haven't listened to my pants episode, have you? No. Excellent. Black Wyvern writes in and what says... What did you do? <laughs> what question did for you the show. Do, Matt? With so many games releasing shortly, are you going to prioritize any one? games? I listened to the first one. I didn't hear anything. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the so one that I just dropped yesterday. Uh, question for the, oh, on Sunday. My, uh, Black Wyvern writes in, question for the show. With so Is many games releasing again? shortly, are you going to prioritize any games from your backlog released in prior years by the end of the year? Also, I can so picture you guys as characters from Into Across the Spider-Verse at the next event, particularly Court Lana's Spider-Man Noir. Thoughts? What is going so there? I have to listen to this episode <laughs> because every question is about me dressing up. And, oh, man, that means I have to record mine this weekend. Man, that catches up so quick, eh? Yep. Um, any backlog that you're prioritizing, Midas, towards the end of the year? So he's question. Black Wyvern asked about games that may have came out in previous years. Is there anything on your backlog that you're even thinking about getting to? No, like I wanted to finish Dead Space, but I don't can't see it happening. I ain't even. Love that I'm, game. I'm waiting for Baldur's Gate to drop on um, PlayStation Five, but with Mirage around the corner and see a star's hair, and then. Um, I'm definitely going to give um, Starfield a try. Like, I just don't... I can't see it. And and there's nothing from my old bad luck for me that's proper pressing for me to complete. That I'm like, I have to complete this. 
Court, what about you? Any any backlog busting Des- you planning Destiny on doing? Destiny too. So I I keep okay. I've been putting it off all year. Um, I remember playing it at launch and I never touched it again. And then I jumped back in when everything was on sale. And I remember messaging Matt and going, "Man, I really enjoy this game. Mm-hmm. I like a looter shooter that I can just play on the side that can just turn my brain off and just do whatever in the game." So I think Destiny 2 is going to be my side piece, mm-hmm. as I would like to call them. Um, as my video game, I'll have my main, uh, and then I'll have my side piece, and that'll be Destiny 2. Yeah, I think for me, like with all the new games, the only ones that I'm still thinking about are Yakuza 4, 5, and 6, because with Gaiden hitting in November, but I just don't know how I'm going to have the time to get through those three before Gaiden hits in November. So I think my I new plan will be 4, 5, 6, and Gaiden before 8 hits. Um, but those are the only ones that are kind of still living in my mind in terms of like the games that have not come out this year that I need to keep going with. Um, but those are the ones. Drellish writes in and says, I just shortlisted my Fantasy League games for 2024. The list already contains 18 games I want to play. What are one or two games that you're looking forward to in 2024? And will it compare to the quality and amount of games we are enjoying this year, Court? What's on your 2024 hype list? I'd need to see a list of what's my brain. Oh, well, Wolverine. I Wolverine. think we're getting Wolverine in 2024. That I think is number one on my hype list. Um, and then um, Star Wars um, Knights of the Old Republic. That is another one that's on my hype list. As long as we're going to get that. I would Outlaws, dude. In, and out there's to see. Like right now, my number one game of the year is it, my game of the year is always it's always laughable because it's not going to be like the, the sexy pick that everybody's like, this is the greatest thing like right mm-hmm. now it's still jedi because i had the most fun playing it and that's how i choose my game i outlaws yeah i have a ubisoft outlaws i've got knights of the old republic i've got oh my god just way too many like me games coming out and if surprisingly i get a batman game look out midas what about you what's some what's on your hype radar for 2024 uh i literally was just working on a video about this today i've got so much we got persona 3 reloaded yes we do I'm super gas about we got grand blue fantasy relink which mm-hmm. looks amazing we got metaphor my most hype is final fantasy 7 rebirth yep we got um phantom blade zero which looks incredible even though i'm a bit scared that it's going to be a souls born we got black myth wukong Mm-hmm. which looks out of this world. We got Stellar Blade. We got Outlaws. Like, there's so many wow, games. Wow, f- you finally said a game I even knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, Like a Dragon it's... Infinite Wealth is up on your list too. I know you want to see those men with their nappies. It's, in my, it's on my video, but it's not in my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, super, super gassed. Next, like, there's so much rpgs coming out next year that i'm super super gassed for but you should have a look at phantom blade zero have you seen the the trailer for that core yeah yeah it looks insane like the combat literally looks like what we used to see in demos and you're like the game's really not like that like blew my mind this is one that we want we saw on the showcase together and you weren't sold on it and then you were yes Yes, and I heard that there's easy modes and all that, and I was like, okay, I mm-hmm. think I'm in on this. It looks like a Souls game, but it's not. And yep. people were saying like they're gonna have difficulty levels, and I really liked Ghost of Tsushima, and mm-hmm. I liked I. This is the yes with the cruel parry system. Yeah, okay, Phantom Blade Zero, I want to play. Yeah, 100%. obviously, obviously for me, all the ones that Midas has already listed: Persona, Final Fantasy, even like I, I'm stoked for Dawn Trail, which is a new 14 expansion. 
Um, like I'm excited for skate story as well. Like next year could genuinely rival this year in terms of quality of games. If all of these games hit and are good, we genuinely could have another ridiculous oh. year. We're not even thinking Ghost about Tsushima too. I know Ghost it hasn't been announced, but I, I have a, I have a feeling in my every sense of my body, whenever that game releases, that is going to be a must play for Listen, sure. Even Ghost, like Ghost and Wolverine is not coming out next year. It's really not don't, what does PlayStation got then? Wolverine, I, could, I could see maybe Wolverine. Out. I could see maybe Wolverine at the very end of the year. But like even like looking at like Indiana Jones on my on Xbox, like there's so much that could hit next year that it would be awesome. Um, we have a couple more questions, folks. So let's round out. Um, with... Hey, everybody in the chat, if you respond, because unfortunately, uh, Mr. Nasty Boots couldn't redeem the code because it is North American only. So first person to say. The better of the two Last of Us, and there is only one right answer because there, there is some, three of exactly. us and two against one. There's one in the right chat. We'll get a copy of Sea of Stars, North American only, though. Sorry, Mister Nasty Boots. Um, Nagachaka writes in and says, "Now that you and Matt have seen the Spider-Man Two Special Editions of the PS5 and DualSense controller in person at Fan Expo, what are your thoughts about them? Uglier than expected, met your expectations, or so darn good looking, and you just cannot wait to get your hands on them, Court?" I think what you and I talked about. So the controller itself looks so slick um it is a matte black with the red with a vibrant red on it which is not what i expected so it's almost like a two-tone um unbelievable it looked great the the plates i will say it threw me off because that black plate i really did wish that the the plates were the same on either side but i guess you're not really seeing it or i was more impressed by the controller the controller I... to me looked like wow I was pleasantly surprised with both. I expected the controller to look awesome. The plates look better than I thought they were going to. So I'm genuinely stoked on both of them. Uh, Star Athena in the chat says one. And I guess that's the 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 argument here with the two of you. So Star it's Athena, not an congrats. Argument. It, an argument means that there's like, no. no. Yeah, whatever. There's one. Uh, mm. Chaka and Awesome Dave 1337 both wrote in Final Fantasy questions. So we have to make sure we talk about them because I'm next week it's going to be useless without, court, without Midas here. Nagachaka says, what's the best weapon in the Final Fantasy games, and why is it the Buster for Sword from Final Fantasy Remake? And Awesome Dave 1337 writes in, Court uh, Midas, you'll remember him from a few weeks ago, he's the Final Fantasy VIII stan, who writes that and it says, what is the most immersive character slash combat progression and customization feature in a game, and why is it the junction system in Final Fantasy VIII? Uh, he's obsessed with VIII. First of all, yes, your whoever asked about the Buster Sword was correct, yes. Greatest sword. Have, court, do you know what a Buster Sword is? <laughs> Sorry, yes. That's from Final Fantasy VII. I, I yeah. totally get it. I know uh, what it is. We saw a million of them. Matt yep. was like all gushy. He walked into right. Fan Expo and within like such a Matt walk-in, within like seconds, a cloud, a guy dressed up as Cloud walked by us. I was laughing because Matt was, I was just like, well, look. Yeah, he was okay. amped. Uh, as long as you know it is. Um, I really like the progression system, the material system in Final Fantasy X. I think the nodes in 10 is so sick. And I like that you can actually change it out. So like my first playthrough, I just kept Tidus as normal. And I call him Tidus, not Tidus, because my name is Midas, not Midas. So um, <laughs> like, no fam, it's not. Can you make a t-shirt somehow that like says that? My name yeah. is Midas, not Midas. Yeah, I need that. be... yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's thingy. So, um, so I love that. And then the second time I played through, I made um, Titus like more dark, like a dark mage. So I think that's really cool. What about you, Matt? Um, oh, and obviously I, Persona 5 Royal. 
Persona 5 Royal was the one I was going to shout out, just especially because with the way that they bring in the confidants and actually make them more important to the combat, which was not part of, uh, as ingrained as, as Persona 5, I think Royal has it. It was just fantastic, the, the way that everything came together. And I know what you have back there. At least I think I know what you have back there. There we go. He's got a buster sword. I know he's got I've a buster sword. I've seen it sword. before. Beautiful. Best weapon. One of the, one of the greats. I was um, seeing so many. You could buy them everywhere at Fan Expo. I'm so and, mad. I, like, and? And it doesn't have a gun that doesn't shoot attached to it. <laughs> it might is. You know what you should do? You should come next year for Fan Expo. Come to Canada. Visit myself and Matt. And we'll go to Fan Expo. Wait, as well, let's, let's do a panel. Is not in the wind, R? Uh, because I don't. I no. I don't it was, cold. It, was, it just happened. It happens right, at the cool. same time every year. All right. I'm down. I'm let's down. do a panel. Let's do a panel. Ooh, there you That's go. Minus can be our guest. We'll do the PlayStation Drive. All right, I'm done. Um, our final question is one coming from, of course, Steve Vigvari, uh, at S. Vigvari, who says, Hi, PlayStation Drive. Long time, first time. Quick question. You're put in charge of making a brand new menu item for Taco Bell. The only requirement is that it has to combine two existing items. What would it be? And I, I just got a shout out. Uh, Jake, friend of the show. Uh, Jake Steibert at Jake Knows It, who completely nailed it in one fell swoop immediately after this question was asked. Hey, PlayStation Drive, hate to butt in here, but the answer is Nacho Fries Crunchwrap Supreme. 100% done. Lock that. That is the best combo possible. I don't eat there. I I, I don't I usually eat there. I get a soft taco from there, but like their, their Fry Supreme taco. are good. Yeah, I, my, my, my little t- my, my, my tum-tum can't handle the the uh, the Taco Bell it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me it makes me sick like every time one of my childhood best friends we've been best friends for many years now um literally him and his family would go to Taco Bell every Saturday every Saturday it was Taco Bell Saturday every Saturday they would go to Taco How's Bell the and cholesterol great and it's uh, and like they, they it's it's still kept up so every Saturday he goes to Taco Bell and I've gone with him a handful of times in the next little while because since I moved to Kitchener you know we're closer to each other than we were before um and yeah dude Nacho Fries Crunchwrap Supreme is an easy lock but. That brings us to the end of the show, everybody. Oh, yes, no, 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 no. I need to step in. So Help. I'm, Let's go. I'm, from the, I'm from the UK, so Taco Bell's only come out here recently. And I was super excited about Taco Bell until I watched a documentary and I saw they <laughs> delivered the meat in a bag. And they cut open the bag and they poured the meat into a heater. They weren't no, even cooking man. the meat there. They was having the mint delivered in bags of meat cut open and put in heaters and that's why i don't eat at taco bell bro yeah, you don't go nasty. to taco bell looking for quality food you go there to roll the dice and see how you're gonna feel after i it's go the there for cooked meat not meat out of a bag <laughs> what is get this? your bag meat at taco bell if you're looking for bag meat you know where to find it well, but of we course, get bag milk out in here in canada so you know what do we say we, we do have bag milk here yeah we just bag a lot of things but midas Thank you so much for coming back. It's been an awesome time rocking with you once again. And where can people find more of you, my dude? Before I go, we got to do the Spider-Man point. Hold on. I know, it's my one mind finger, is isn't breaking. it? We are three different people. We're not the same. First of all, thank you so much for having me I, I on a... I do the point thing when it mirror things off. <laughs> First of all, thank you both for having me on again. Really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate all of the kind words about Immortals. Thank you for everyone on Carpool Gaming who's riding with me. Appreciate you all. Um, I'm still working towards 5K by the end of the year. So make sure you go and subscribe to Mr. Midas Games. Um, I'm always dropping dope content on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all of that shebang. 
And yeah, it was just dope to ride with you guys again, have my playlist playing in the car and finally being able to talk some games with Court actually being in the show because fin- usually Matt's just like, nah, he wants it to be a, a, a waifu ride still. That's that's how it's got to be. It's got to be a waifu ride on the PlayStation Drive each and every time. Court, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, um, at Court Lalonde, or you can find me on at Carpool Gaming. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok for Carpool Gaming, and you can find us on YouTube, and you can find me every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on 3 Dads and a Console live on YouTube. There you go. And, you, of course, you can find me over on X at Matt underscore Silversoul and here on the PlayStation Drive each and every week. But, of course, we have to thank our wonderful patrons. All of you are incredible, incredible people, and we thank all of you so much for your support. But, of course, we have to shout out our ultimate producer is Robbie Bob Miller, who's you can find at twitch.tv slash Robbie Bobby Miller. And he just launched a new show, a new podcast called Robbie Bobby Miller Presents The List. Uh, it's a podcast all about lists. Sean is his first guest. So go support Robbie Bobby Miller, a fantastic individual. And of course, huge shout out to him for giving out a uh, uh, CF Stars code today. Thank you so much. Uh, Tony Baker. Marcus O'Neill. Oh, yes, you're right. That was Marcus O'Neill. Marcus O'Neill, thank you. My brain's on on on. On a That's okay. It's the end. We, it, was, it was a long episode for us. It was. Tony Baker, who you can find at youtube.com slash quest for pixels. Jonathan Brown, who you can find at linktree slash pme.jib. Lee Navarro, who's the Phoenix fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Light team. So go check out phoenixoverdrive.com. And of course, Trucker Sloth, our platinum producers, RJ Kern, and our gold members, Adam K, Anna, Awesome Dave, 1337, Bowza, Cecily Carosa, Dano, Drellish, Emily O'Kelly, Hopple, John32, Marcus O'Neill, Marcus McCracker, McCracken, Mo Spankins, Peihei EP, Shy Guy, and Tim Alf. And of course, we want to thank and welcome Mo Spankins for joining the gold member tier. Everybody, thank you so much for all your support. We will see you next week, also on Tuesday, because next week's show... We have the the holiday on the 4th, so we'll be back on the 5th next Tuesday. We'll see you then. Peace.